And we are off and running KCOU 88.1 FM. Start your Sunday. Harrison Vavik joined alongside as usual. John Felitskin. One of like, the rare weeks we've had like back-to-back shows in yeah. oddity in the semester. Usually like someone's out of town or a break or something. Yeah. Or we're both out of town. We're Come both on. here today. Probably our last show of the year in here. We'll be back in a couple Saturdays to preview six NFL playoff games if you mm-hmm. want to show up. Yeah, that's the goal. We'll see. Big weekend here in Columbia. Tiger basketball. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. One way to put it. You had a fun day, though. Yeah, no, I was out there at 8 a.m. with a bunch of people just waiting in line to get in. We wanted to get really good good seats in case there was a, you know, court storming. But there was never I, I, never I, a chance at that. Once I the think game the court storming was out of the question within the under-16 timeout in the first half. Yeah, Maybe Missouri gave 12 at 16 that point. points in the first four minutes of the game. Yep, but uh, as I said last night, there's a whole... Season still to be played. A lot of important games. One game shouldn't change the aspirations of an entire season. So, and you were right about that. Well, I think what well, two more non-cons and then eighteen more SEC games to yeah. determine what this team is all about. So we'll do college basketball another day. Imagine I just played the the college basketball music and we had a. I'd be so unprepared for no, that. I would be unprepared. Like I'd be more, I, I more would, unprepared like, than you. I wouldn't be unprepared, but like at the same. Uh, like maybe off, caught off guard was the, is the right word. Yeah, well, I'm never unprepared. To that's that's not gonna happen today. We'll do some college football playoff stuff in the next twenty ish minutes. We will do our top ten sports people of the year. Um, this is something we've never done before. It's an idea I had. It's either gonna be really funny or a complete flop. So we'll see which one it is. Then mm-hmm. we'll take a break and then we'll talk everything NFL Week 14. Not a great slate today, but some enticing games when it comes to uh to playoff positioning. Let's start with the playoff. So last week we talked about two playoff games that like weren't happening. We were convinced TC was gonna fall. They didn't. They stayed at number three. They will play Michigan. We'll start with that game. Michigan TCU. Um, that game is gonna be the first one of New Year's Eve at the Fiesta Bowl. Max Duggan, the Heisman runner-up, will lead the Horn Frogs. Michigan's undefeated this year. They've lost, I think, two games in the last two years. One of them, a tough road game, Michigan State. The other, they got routed by George at the Orange Bowl. Second team ever to go 10-0 in a conference slate. Yeah, another great year for Harbaugh. Uh, the quarterback, Jason McCarthy, played fantastic. So what are the early expectations for this game for Michigan? If TCU is just going to like run their... Three three five, and like Michigan's gonna kill him in the run game. Like Corum's out for the year, obviously, but Edwards can be just as good as him. And if Corum is gone next year, Edwards will be just as good as Corum was this year. He's healthy now. It, like Michigan's run scheme and offensive line play is it, just. If you don't have guys that can control multiple gaps in a three-three-five, it won't work. Like the Michigan's going to average probably upwards of six yards a carry in this game. This game, and I don't know how much TCU is going to get the ball. Yeah, and TCU's been really susceptible to a lot of big plays all year. We saw a bunch of times in the Kansas State game, and then Kansas State also like dropped a couple. Like Deuce Vaughn could have had a huge play, but he got hit in the head on a drop pass. Um, their tight end Warner dropped the long ball, but then they had the long Deuce Vaughn run. They had some big passes from Will Howard. TCU, and that's been the story all year, big plays given up, and who has more big plays than the Michigan Wolverines? They have guys running downfield. They have Corum, who's obviously out, but Donovan Edwards is going to be pretty healthy when they play. A whole plethora of receivers, um, including your your new favorite tight end, Loveland. Colston Loveland. Colston Loveland. I was thinking Dominic Loveland, but that doesn't Dominic work. Dominic Loveland. Yeah, no. Uh, Michigan's going to air the ball out, and we'll see if TCU's able to stop it. What do you think of Quinn Johnson versus the Michigan secondary, who's been pretty good this year, but Johnson's been – one of the three best receivers in college football. Yeah, I imagine Will Johnson from Michigan, the freshman corner, draws the assignment. He's been fantastic. Probably one of the better corners in the country this year. He, uh, the second half of that Michigan-Ohio State game, he kind of kept Marvin check. Yeah. Marvin a bit, really big first half, but second half he didn't do much. And, like, it's a tough matchup for, for Will. Like, Johnson's 6'4", super athletic, great at the catch point. And I think he should be the first pick or first wide receiver taken in this year's draft with all due respect to Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I think Will will some Will Johnson could be up to the task a little bit. I don't think he could hold him somewhat in check, same way he did with, with Marv. And I just again, 
if t- like I think Michigan's going to keep TCU off the field for the most part. Yeah. So. What about the, the Michigan pass rush? So Mike Morris is one of their best edge rushers. He missed, I think, both the Ohio State game and the, and the Big Ten championship. Big Ten championship. Yeah. So he's going to be back. He missed the Illinois game too. He he, he will play. Yeah, he's definitely going to play in that semifinal. And he, if Michigan can put pressure on Duggan, but what they have to do is like contain him because we know the threat he has running the ball. We saw it the entire last drive against Kansas State. If he can scramble, like they're going to extend drives and make plays. It comes down to if Michigan can get pressure and if they can contain Duggan at that point. Yeah, and Michigan's got a pretty good group of linebackers as well with Jalen Harold, June Colston, and Michael Barrett. Like, I imagine one of the outside guys will kind of be in charge of of Duggan on the on the perimeter. Or maybe they, they let, let Colston kind of just roam the middle of the, the field. But I, like, I think that's your main threat when – TCU gets on the field in this game is Duggan with his legs. He showed that against Kansas State. I just think Michigan has way better athletes than Kansas State does and can kind of contain some of that. No, I kind of agree with that. I don't think that this is going to be a crazy shootout. Um, I don't know what the over-under is, but Michigan averages 40 points per game and TCU also averages 40 points per game. And both teams average upwards of 450 yards per game on offense. Their defense is vast difference. TCU averages 385 yards allowed per game, Michigan at 277. I think a recipe for TCU to win the game is to control the ball. It's not something they do especially well. We kind of saw it a little bit, I think, in the Baylor game. Yeah. Um, towards the second half where they had put together some long drives. Keandre Miller um, was running the ball effectively, but we know the run defense that Michigan has, so that automatically counters that. is going to need long drives, like seven-minute drives down the field. And then, like forcing three and outs, they need to dominate this type of possession, and they need Quentin Johnson. If they, if they want to, a chance, TCU needs to be okay being uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's not what they're used to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then not at all. They need Quentin Johnson, and Max Duggan to have you know some of the game of their lives. What is your score prediction for now? Because we'll have a deeper dive in the other game. I'll go uh, Michigan thirty-four, TCU seventeen. Okay, I have pretty close to that. I have Michigan thirty-one, TCU seventeen. The, these play, these semifinal games aren't usually very close. Yeah, and there's it, been like two close games in our in our the Rose lifetime. Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, uh, well the the, the Georgia Oklahoma Rose Bowl. The I guess Bama, I guess Ohio three State with Sugar the Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and then the Ohio State Clemson Fiesta Bowl. So three games that have come down to the last two minutes slash overtime. Hopefully, one of these, and there's a better chance it's the second one. So it's Ohio State playing Georgia in Atlanta. Georgia's played there twice this year, won both games. They beat Oregon. They beat LSU pretty handily in the SEC title game. Mm-hmm. Now they play the Buckeyes. So we've talked about Ohio State all year long. You have coined the phrase that they haven't pushed off the soft team allegations quite yeah. yet. And I don't think we can say that yet because they were pushed around for the most part against Michigan. And so what teams have Ohio State struggled with the majority of the last two years? Physical teams up front with a good running game that blocks well and they play tough defense. So we saw that against Oregon. We saw that against Michigan twice. We even saw it against Utah. That, that was a game Ohio State um, kind of miraculously won because Ohio, Utah just had way too many injuries. And now they're going to play the pinnacle of those teams, the teams that the team that those teams try to replicate. And that's Georgia, who runs well better than anyone, has the best blockers of anyone, plays better defense than anyone. Like, like what reason should Ohio State have to win this game? Like, what reason they, can we they say? They have more talent on the outside than anyone in the country. That, that, that's what gives them a fighting chance in any game. But at the same time, Michigan's just as physical as Georgia is. Michigan and Georgia's more talented and just as well coached and just as well schemed as Michigan is. So if Georgia is just as well coached, just as well schemed, just as well game planned, and has better players with the same style, what reason do I have to believe that Ohio State has a fighting chance? Yeah, what reason should we believe that like George is not gonna be prepared for it? Like when is like in the last couple of years when Kirby's really turned around the narrative around him and how we kind of view him as a coach, they've always come out ready for this game, except for maybe the SEC championship last year, but we both think that they were kind of playing with house money at that point because they knew where their fate was. I think Ohio State's offensive firepower gives them a better shot in this game than, let's say, Michigan had last year. But I don't think that changes the final result at all. I think this game's going to be decided pretty early if Georgia can establish the run. If Georgia can dominate on the ground... From the start, like how is Ohio State gonna gonna come back? Because like, if the defense can't get off the field, like it doesn't matter how many how many great receivers they have and CJ Stroud and all that. I also just don't think that Georgia, that Ohio State's or Ohio State's secondary can really play with them on the perimeter. 
Like, those tight ends, the the multiple tight ends on the field is a complete matchup nightmare. Because Ohio State runs a lot of nickel also. mm -hmm. And Ohio, like, McConkey, Rosemary Jackson, the Georgia receivers are really good. So when when you throw out two guys that are really good at creating space with the the two tight end looks that Georgia gives, it's just a complete nightmare to match up against, and I don't see how Ohio State does it. And Stetson Bennett has played well in these big games. He was a fantastic in the SEC championship, had an incredible fourth quarter in the national championship. So it's not like, oh, but they have a major quarterback disadvantage. It doesn't matter at this point. Because we know the offensive line that Georgia, they're going to protect Stetson, who's only sacked like four times this year, something absurd like that. And we know he's going to play well because he has the Darnell Washingtons, the Brock Bowers, the Rosemeyer Jacksons, McConkie, um, Adonai Mitchell. We didn't even play that much this year um, for whatever reason. On defense, I think I think Ohio State will be able to score against them at least a little bit. Yeah, like they, like, they should get a couple. It, it should be Michigan who scored like one touchdown the entire game. Yeah, it's not going to be that, and like for that reason, the game might be close for a while. Like Georgia's secondary, outside of like Christopher Smith, is pretty aggressive. Right? Yeah, when we you, Ringo you say, draws so many passes, and then Starks and at free safety as well. Kamari Lasseter is only a sophomore, so they're a young secondary, and I think because of the way Ohio State's receivers kind of play, because they're phys- the Ohio State's receivers are physical too, in in terms of getting open. I think that Georgia's secondaries can kind of be exposed to penalties. So, like, if Ohio State can kind of figure that out, similar to the way Missouri did when they were when Georgia yeah, came here. Yeah, I think they drew, here, like, three pass interferences. I think that's a way you can kind of move the ball and, and keep this game close for a little while. Yeah, no, if Ohio State can, like, get Georgia off the field, as simple as that sounds, because we know Georgia's going to run the ball. So if they can force Bennett into a turnover – like Missouri was able to do at one point in that game, if they can you know, draw some penalties on the defensive side. It feels like Ohio State has to play as perfect as a game plan as possible. Yeah, and I think to win. most, I think all three teams in this playoff has to have to play a pretty perfect game to have, yeah, I would say that have the a team chance that against has, Georgia. The team that matches up the best against Georgia is Michigan, um, even though the result of that game last year, it was like 34-11. to 11. I'd probably argue Ohio State, just because of contradicting styles. Ohio State is the best chance to beat beat Georgia, Georgia. Okay. yeah, because if they're, they're, their style is very contradicting. So if Georgia blows out Ohio State, Michigan has a chance against. Them. I don't think Michigan has a fighting chance against these guys. So bigger picture, it's like if Georgia, I, we're both picking Georgia win the national championship. Yeah. So if they win it again this year, where do we put like legacy around this team? So this would be a repeat. This would be a lot of these players would. Played on this team last year. So they were fourteen on and one last. No, twelve and one the regular season, twelve and one. They were fourteen Before, and one last year, and now it would be maybe fifteen, 15 and now this, this year. year. So it'd be twenty nine and one. I think they won their last six games in twenty twenty. So it'd be a, after the Florida game, yeah, it'd be a thirty five and one stretch over thirty six games, which would start putting them in a historic. That's one of the greatest stretches ever in college football. And so, what, so we'll talk about what Kirby Smart has built. Uh, maybe a little afterwards, but he is now going to become a. A top ten coach in the history of the sport, and like and rising. I don't know what they're gonna have next year, both personnel wise and, um, and just like, 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 like schedule wise. Like I'm pulling up their schedule right now. Like who do they play non con? Anyone of note? UT Martin, Ball State, UAB. Oh, so now they play the, lo- the slow non con. Georgia Tech. They play Clemson. In, they play Clemson in two years. In the their non-con. first four games are at home next year, and then they go to Jordan Hare, and then they have Kentucky at home and at Vanderbilt before they're by. Like I'm looking at their sc- schedule. This and I like granted, I don't know what they're gonna have. They have to go to Neyland next year, but it's possible that this team can go on undefeated again for a third straight year. Yeah, the, the, their only real road games are at Neyland and at Jordan Hare. They have built a who's their who's their West draw the other side of the West. Oh, uh, they put Ole Miss at home. Yeah, but we're not sure Ole Miss will be very good next year. In mid mid November. Yeah, the I, week before Tennessee, so like potential trap there. But like we're talking about twenty twenty. We'll, we'll see who the quarterback but, is because everyone wants to clown on Stetson Bennett and say he didn't deserve the Heisman, which is or the Heisman finalist, which is probably mostly true. But it goes without saying how important he is to that team. Yeah, no, he's good. I I never thought he was a Heisman finalist, but he's a good college player. Right, he's. He's been a, a top ten quarterback in the sport this year. I bet, I bet Carson Beck doesn't end up being that bad. Are we sure Beck's gonna be the starter? Well, Vandergrift's in the portal. So I mean, unless well, they get, unless what if they, they went to the portal? Unless they go go to the portal, which I mean, good luck if they go to the portal. Yeah, if they because has Beck played it all for them? Did he play a little bit in twenty twenty? I don't think so. 
Maybe last it year was, played a little. It, Daniels didn't play, so it was it was a little Bennett. Um, Beck and, must have played in some of the blowouts. Last year a little of Dewan Mathis, right? Was yeah, awful. where's that guy now? It was awful. I don't know. I hope he's doing well, though. So we're picking Georgia and Ohio. And you have a score prediction for this one? I'll take Georgia in a blowout. 41-27. 38-17 Georgia. Three touchdowns. Let's talk a little bit other New Year's Six games. Uh, any quick thoughts on Clemson versus Tennessee about all backups? Uh, Let's actually start over his backup. DJ's out. Yeah. Kate's a starter now. Yeah. Should have been a little while ago. Should have been on October 1st. They might have had a fighting chance. Um, I think Tennessee could still move the ball a little bit against these guys. So do with, I. With Milton in there. I, I think it should be a good game. I'll, actually, I'll pick Tennessee to win it outright. I'm going to pick... I'll pick Clemson win. I don't think they're going to cover the 7.5. Tennessee's receivers are going to play, right? Yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't I haven't seen anything about their out. Okay, because uh, they're, bo- they're both NFL guys in my eyes. Well, if, this will obviously change everything if um, they get ruled out or they opt out. I'll pick Clemson by six. They'll cover, Tennessee covers uh, 30-24. I, I think it's going to be really similar to the— oh, what am I, that? What am I, I think it could be really similar to the Wake Forest game that Clemson played. We're like— Wake Forest, like pre-snap reads and and this quick te- this these quick decisions could kind of take Clemson's defensive line out of the game. It, it'll be fun. Uh, another New Year's six. Let's do the Sugar Bowl. Alabama against Kansas State. What reason should I believe that Alabama is going to like try to win yeah. this game? I think this could be a situation where like Alabama just has way better players. Yeah, that's what I'm like worried about. I'm, I, I'm getting I'm getting Georgia Baylor vibes from 2019. But like some, we've seen Daniel just like not show up in the Sugar Bowl when like they haven't needed to, like we saw it against Oklahoma. When have they? When's the Oklahoma last time? Oklahoma 2013 and Utah in 2008. Yeah, but that was so long ago. I know. I'll I'll take Bama. So will I. It's even with Miller, well, not Miller, um, Milrow. Is you, Bryce for sure out? We haven't seen like most of the players haven't now, so it's so hard to do. Bryce kind of stri- Bryce should sit out, but he strikes me as a guy that would play. Yeah, if he plays. And you want to get that minus three early. Um, Rose Bowl, Utah, Penn State. We both riding Penn State. Or Utah, I mean. Sorry. I, I don't see a scenario in which James Franklin can outcoach Winningham. I think so. Utah, like, really, like, there's, like, you could call these games, like, meaningless. I think Utah really wants this one. I think Utah wants to Back-to-back win. Back-to-back Rose Bowls? They lost last year, though. As much of it felt like a moral oh, win. Oh, that's right. I, I, they lost the for game. Some reason Everyone forgets they, they lost the game. They played so well, and like it was as close to a moral victory as it got because Ryzen got hurt, and the backup came in and led them to they a touchdown. They were playing a running back at corner. Yeah, they had, Michael, they had a running back. On they had Micah draw. Bernard trying to guard the best wide receiver in college football. I mean, going into this yeah, game. Yeah, no, he was guarding Harrison, right? Ha, ha, ha. Funny. Harrison also had three touchdowns in that game. It was like his first three career touchdowns. That wasn't meant as a joke. I think he was guarding Harrison. No, no, he was guarding Smith and Jigba. Oh, he was? Yeah. So I, I like Utah. Oh, a lot. yeah, I guess Phillips plays in the slot, so you had to put Bernard on the outside. Yeah, I, I like Utah a lot on this one. Utah won by 10 points. Franklin will get completely I don't think coach. it'll be that bad, but I'll, I'll take Utah by, by three. Uh, any thoughts on the two lane UCS Citrus Bowl? Not Citrus Bowl, Cotton Bowl? Um, I actually think Tulane kind of might win this one. So do I. Is Caleb going to opt out? Looked healthy yesterday picking up the Heisman. <laughs> um,. Yeah, and good good for him, but he shouldn't opt out because he has another year of college football. He'd be the first ever junior to opt out of a bowl game. We're a sophomore. Sophomore to opt out of a bowl game, yeah. Um, I'll take Tulane. I, I think that like USC missing tackles and being really susceptible to big plays kind of plays into Tulane. That's what Tulane does. Tulane's they hands. run the ball. And, like they had and Mike, like, Michael Pratt's good. They had like seven plays against UCF in the American Championship of 40 or more yards. Yeah, and Pratt, 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 Pratt is a he's power got five transfer, player right? playing in the Is he transferring? Player. He should. He's going to play in this game. I'd, I'd be shocked if he doesn't play in this game. Mm-hmm. Give me Tulane also, as much as I don't like them. Uh, this would be UCF right now. No, but I'll, Tulane is UCF. Or USC is not built to win this game. Uh, any other New Year's Six we haven't done yet? I feel like we're missing one. Yeah, no. No, we got we all did the Rose Bowl. We did the Cotton Bowl. We did the Semis. We did Bama. We did Tennessee. One, two, three, four, 
Five, six, yeah, that, that, that's how we get to six. What are the bowl games, and just one bowl game that you're looking forward to the most outside of those Ooh, six? Let me pull it up because I haven't really actually looked that much into bowl, bowl games. I've been so locked into college basketball lately. One, um, one bowl game you're just excited to sit down and bowl watch. schedule. College, you put college basketball aside, you lock in for this random bowl game. Yeah, no, there's like a, a couple because I usually try to watch every bowl game that I can. Just when I'm, I'm sitting at home. Uh, Notre Dame, South Carolina, I'm very excited for. Yeah, is that a New Year's Day? That's on the... That's, that's on the 30th. Okay. Uh, very excited for, for that one. Um, Pines, obviously, out for Notre Dame. Mayor's out for Notre Dame. But South Carolina's not subject to a fully healthy and fully prepared roster either. Uh, Texas, Washington, I'm really excited for. That's I think that should be a super also. high-scoring Alamo Bowl. And then uh, also Oregon and UNC. Huge spread on that one. Oregon's a two-touchdown favorite. And really? And May is playing. It's a weird one. Oregon has way more talent than them. Yeah, so I, they I, should, I, in theory. I can't wait for the Florida State-Oklahoma game from Orlando. You're going to that, right? Yep. I uh, see what Jordan Travis and company look like. We'll see if Venables and if they can get the boys ready. Uh, we mentioned the New Year's Six ones we're obviously so excited for. LSU-Purdue. Let's see if Brian Kelly can get win number 10 this year. It's the, the number we've been cracking all year. Hopefully he should be able there. to. Let's hit our break. We're going to do our top 10 athletes, or top 10 sports people, I should say. Sport, it's just sports people. Fans, players, coaches, all that stuff. Coming up next, and we'll talk NFL. Start your Sunday, KCOU 88.1 FM. Hi, I'm Jonathan Litskin. And I'm David Campbell. Lacey gives it to Anya. Clock goes to two. Anya, little turnaround, and it goes! And we're the hosts of KCOU's premier college basketball show, Marathon Debar. One timeout, they don't take it. We break down everything in college basketball from April to March with transfers, upsets, buzzer beaters, and more. He rifles it right in front of us to Abdul Rahman at midcourt. Extra pass. And it goes for the win! Follow the show for advice leading up to the best tournament in sports. Monk to tie it. Oh, an impossible shot! So tune in to Marathon of March on Tuesdays from 1 to 2. Should you listen? Tell him, Dan. Yes! If you think superheroes like me can fight all your battles for you, think again. Voting for your local, state, and federal representative lets you choose who's on your side and all the issues we face today. From the little ones to the really big ones, too. But before you can vote, you need to register. So do it now. For registration forms or information on how to register, visit your local participating video store. Have a voice in your future. Register. And vote. <laughs> and Tom Spider-Man sent you. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Message from your Shriners Hospitals. This bathroom could be the most dangerous room in the house. A lot of kids are seriously burned by scalding hot water in bathtubs. Small kids should never ever take a bath without a grown-up watching them closely. First of all, run cold water into the tub. Then add hot water to warm it up. Kids always want to play with the faucets. And hot water on their tender skins can scald. Hot water can burn in less than three seconds. Are you the type of person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be? Now it's easier than ever to do your part. Go to RecycleMo.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way. Or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible, RecycleMo.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area. Become part of the clean recycling movement today. It's the right thing to do. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. She's no good with words, but I'm worse. But started out a joke of a romantic stuck to my tongue. Way down with words too over dramatic. Tonight is a cat get much worse. Worse, no one should ever feel like. Welcome back to KCOU 88.1 FM. Start your Sunday here, December 11th. 
2022. It's actually my dad's birthday. I forgot about it for a half second. He is 50, so the pets was in 27, 55 today. Double nickel. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Doc. Big. They play the Dolphins with the Chargers tonight. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, this is a segment I've had the idea of earlier this week. I think we should do it. Oof. It's the end of the year, so everyone does their their lists, their favorite things of the year. So mm-hmm. let's get, we've been talking, we have a lot of takes on this show, a lot of people we like, a lot of fun conversations. So let's do our top 10 favorite sports people of the year. These can be players, coaches, fans, broadcasters. Do you want any explanation for these when we listen? Yeah, let's, let's alternate. So do you have a couple honorable mentions? I'm assuming that, we're going 10 to 1. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a couple honorable mentions, that guys who just missed the cut? Um, yeah, I have a couple, and they're both college basketball announcers. Uh, Spiro Didis and oh, that's a good one. Ian Eagle are the two, two that just missed the cut for me. Uh, both fantastic NCAA tournaments, uh, so wanted to th- throw those out. Yeah, mine were uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who would have made the list if he didn't get hurt in the first game of the year. Um, Steph Curry, who you know may have hurt my feelings a little bit because of someone who will be on this later on this list. Anthony Edwards, dog. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit. Also, uh, throw for honorable mentions, Paulo Boncaro. Oh, honorable mention, David Campbell. We watched a lot of games together this year. Mm-hmm. He was the only person. I watched, he was here all the time with me, so we watched a lot of sports. And I then see. obviously in the year, you know, more than mm-hmm. that. Number 10, who is your number 10 favorite sports person of the year? Daniel the Stuffed Monkey, who, was a, who had an excellent bounce back year gambling. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all. <laughs> I just can't. I can't believe you just went that route. <laughs> hey, you told me anybody. That's that's incredible. All right, my number ten is a player who I just added to the list because I saw him do something very recently, and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. It's Jose Alvarado, the Pelicans. Oh, guard. the fight yesterday. You know, he had a, he fought Chris Paul in the in the Suns the other day, and he he had to be held back by Pierre the Pelican, <laughs> the mascot. You sent me that video. That guy has no off switch. He is not Pierre. So we we, we actually had him on the show. Um, Jose Alvarado. No, Pierre the Pelican. No, um, we had Jason and and Reed, and we did our dog list. Yeah, that was. So we have we have a little hierarchy. Um, It's the goat dog. That's Udonis Haslam. We have King Dog. It's Pat Bev. Jose Alvarado is now Prince Dog. He's the heir to the throne. I see. I see. All right. Who do you got at number nine? Jimbo Fisher. Just a fantastic year for him coaching. Not actually, but like he produced so many great moments from losing to App State to stupidly calling out Nick Saban in the offseason to just losing to everybody except for LSU for some reason. It it was a great year for Jimbo. My number nine is a media personality. Completely unbiased reporting. Gets the facts right. Has a wide variety of audience, and everyone enjoys him. It's my friend Wolverine Corner, <laughs> cracking the list at number nine, supporting Big Blue and their run to the college football playoff. They couldn't have done it without him and his just beat Ohio State movement. He may have sent me a T-shirt that has not come to the mail yet, so I'm skeptical if he actually sent this T-shirt because it's been like almost two weeks at this point. But maybe today's the day. Um, I, I just want to point out, I consider myself a bandwagon Michigan fan. I have Michigan gear on the way. Um, for the for the holidays, but I, I do not consider myself a supporter of Wolverine Corner. That's fair, you know. These he's a man of the people, just not you, but particularly. So Wolverine Corner, you can follow him on Twitter. He has many more followers than I do. I think he's up to twenty two thousand at this point. But he's helped me got a lot of followers. But surprisingly, they all have <coughs> maize and blue in their bio. So maybe I have more Michigan fans. All right, number eight, who you got? Number eight is a guy that I suspect you will have on your list as well. Barstool Big Cat. He did not make my list. He really? Interesting. He, he he's, provi- a friend. he's a friend. He's not a I see. People. He provided much comic relief to fr- this year from his college basketball coaching tiers lists to the weekly NFL t- tiers to tweeting at Harrison about Buffalo Chicken subs. Yeah, 9 a.m. It, it was a great year for Big Cat. That's a good one. He also, I want to mention one more thing about him. There was, I forget who it was. I think Wisconsin was playing Indiana 
last year in oh, college basketball. He took his kids he was, to bed. Yeah, he was live tweeting the game while saying he was putting his kids to bed, and it was no, one of the, the greatest. The, the things best I've ever is seen. when he's like tweeting like, "I'm sleeping right now. I'm not watching the game." Yeah. <laughs> also, that was a good the, pass. The, the PlayStation Five tweets. Um, That's a good one. I didn't. He he had a tweet about during the Michigan State Purdue uh, Big Ten semifinal game where. Like in the first like three minutes of the game, two players on Michigan State tur- like rolled their ankles, and he <laughs> tweeted like, "I'm not sure if this will work the whole game, but if Purdue can keep getting MSU players to turn their ankle, they might have a shot." <laughs> or something like that. Uh, that's fantastic. All right, my number eight is a player that he didn't do a lot, but when he needed to make it happen, he did. He gave a lot of relief to all of us Duke haters. It's Caleb Love. Ah. Uh. Caleb Love comes in at number eight. His heroics in the final four against Duke cannot go unnoticed. An absolute hero to all of us to end Coach K's run as the Duke head coach. How do you feel about that? It's a tough one, but it's okay. It's okay because they're really bad now, and uh, our new head coach has been pretty good. Number seven, who you got? Brock Bowers. I mean, the, the guy's the best player I've ever seen. Like, not actually, but, like, I, I was on this guy from the first game they played against Clemson last year, and I know it's this year, so what he did as freshman it's really matter. But, God, they started using the guy running back this, this year. It's been insane. I wanted to make this list somewhat, like, recognize some people that, like, have proved me right, and Brock Bowers is one of those people. My next person is another of the best person or best player I've ever seen. Absolute dominant for their team. They couldn't have gone as far as they did without him. It's Parker Anderson, Herman starting running back. <laughs> as the mayor, or the, the biggest fan supporter of the Herman Bearcats, I am essentially their spokesperson. Yeah, no, you're like the Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, of, yeah, of that's, that's a, I'm, I'm the Matthew McConaughey of Herman football. And see Parker Anderson carry the rock a couple times this year. Just fantastic football players. The trips down to Herman were immaculate. Yeah, some of our favorite trips of the year. So I had had to honor Herman in some way. Chose to go with their best player. Bearcats. That was seven seven. for you, right? Yeah, let's go to six. Six for me is J.J. McCarthy. A guy that, you know, this connects with Wolverine Corner, actually, because he is a big supporter of J.J. But this is a guy that people forget. Harrison told me he was bad and Cade McNamara should be starting all of last year. And then... In three non-conference games that essentially meant nothing, J.J. went and take, took the job from Cade, even though he probably had already won it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been some ups and downs, but now the guy is perfect as a starting quarterback. He has not lost a sing- single game as a starting quarterback. He beat Ohio State to many people's displeasure, and now he's a Big Ten champion as well. Yep, and we're going to be tweeting out these lists also. If you miss it, I will actually not be putting Parker Anderson on my actual list because he is a high school football player. <laughs> that would be odd. I, I assume that I'm also going to leave off Daniel the Stuffed Monkey. No, you could put him on. People uh, won't know who that is. Yeah, but it's there's there's layers to it. You can keep Daniel. I'm going to take off an actual person. Um, I'll, I'll place him with Jimmy Butler. Um, number six, I have a teammate of someone you've already mentioned. You said Brock Bowers is the best tight end you've ever Darnell seen? Darnell Washington. I will counter with Darnell Washington, my favorite tight end in all of college football. You know when um, we went to Mizzou Madness uh, down at the Columns? Yeah. So I actually wasn't coming from dinner with my family. I was coming for dinner with Darnell. You know, we, had, <laughs> we had a nice meal. We you talked. met your family on the yes, way. Yes. No, me and, me okay. and, Dar- me and Darnell, uh, great friends. You know, he is as good as it gets as a college football tight end. He's a sixth offensive lineman with the best receivers on the team. Best re- hands of any receiver on the team. It's going to be a stud at the next level. Mm-hmm. And I give my kudos to him. Top, top, top five, who you got? Five, how could you leave off Joe Tessitore? I'm assuming oh, you might he, have him. He's might coming have him. up. He's coming yeah, up. I'm assuming you have him on the too. But, man, we took a picture of you with him every single week this year. He wasn't going to miss the list. On the, on the list. He, he is... He should be calling the college football playoff. Let's, oh, let's yeah, I, with all your, McDonough is. With all due respect to McDonough, I think he's a good announcer. but Good, he, not jo- great. Joe Tessitore is on a different It's level. because Joe Tessitore is too much boxing. They try to level it off. Yeah, that, that's true. So uh, Joe Tessitore coming at number five. He's provided us with some great announcing moments once again this year. My number five is someone who actually spends a lot of time with Joe Tessitore this year, ironically. Now, Joe Tess calling a lot of college football this year. And who was he consistently with this year, John? 
It was LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. And Joe Tess calls, I believe, four LSU games this year, maybe even five. And Jaden Daniels continued to shine mm-hmm. in a handful of those. The Florida game, Mississippi State. We don't talk about the Florida State game. We don't talk about the Texas A&M game. There was another one in there. Oh, the Arkansas. He called five games this year. Five games from Joe Tess. Yep. Jaden Daniels led the Tigers to 9-3. A lot of happy moments for them except for the last, the beginning and the end. But Jaden Daniels, stud. Top four, who you got? Number four. So, Jaden Daniels was in consideration for number four. It was between him and one other guy. And Daniels did not make my my list. But I was just thinking, like, which guy of these two did I kind of fight more for? And... Originally, I was thinking, yeah, I fought more for Daniels because there was the whole debate with Nussmeyer with him in the season when Daniels was the better quarterback. Nussmeyer looked good when he got in there against Georgia, but Daniels was the better quarterback. He gave them the better chance to win, and we were right about that. But I feel like after the LSU loss to Florida State, I fought harder for Brian Kelly than I did for Jane Daniels, and that's why I put Brian Kelly at number four. That loss to Florida State was bad. LSU probably, probably played better, and probably deserved to win that game, but they didn't. And the the week after, people were killing Brian Kelly for it, saying the, the whole him snaking Notre Dame thing came back up. The whole thing about him, like the the report, remember the reporter thing with the reporter say, saying to him yeah. that like this when you start winning, like, like, like the, the whole thing about that. And then they lose to Tennessee. People continue it. Everything's downhill, and then they start rattling off wins. They beat Ole Miss. They get the winning against Bama. They win the SEC West. Brian Kelly's number four for me. My number four is a player who had one job for me this year, and he did it as effectively as anyone. He couldn't have done what he needed to do more perfect this year, and it didn't even take him the whole year. It's Atlanta Braves' Austin Riley. Ah, I remember who that. Who needed to hit. 30, I even forgot the number. It was, wasn't it, was it 27? 26 and a half home yeah. runs. And he did it slightly after the All Star break. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Dominant from the get go. Austin Riley took his over home runs, was never a sweat. He's the GOAT, MVP, but he didn't actually win it. Were, all. You, were you with me over the summer when he hit his 27th? No, to... I was at the station. Okay. Yep, Austin Riley, number four. Who is all the top three? Ironically, the top three. Everyone has the same first letter in their first name. Who you have in number That's three, not the same for me because one of my top three, I don't know their name, nor am I looking it up. That's bold. Um, number three, Russell Wilson. Broncos, Broncos country. country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Um, just the memes that he's produced this this year, the quarterbacking play has just been so spectacularly bad. That's a good one. I, I, the amount of times that like he has provided me like. A laugh this year just because of how corny and how bad he, he's been. That, that's why he made this list. I like that. Number three is someone you mentioned. It's Joe Tess. He go. is the king of college football. Not Brandon Walker. It's actually Joe Tess with the long monologues and him going into specific reasons. <laughs> just him being the goat. Hot. <laughs> I'm Joe Tessator. This might shock you, but Brandon Walker did not get consideration for I, that list. I thought about him just as a troll and then I didn't do it. Uh, but Joe Tess is just continues to be the goat. He's calling the Orange Bowl, and then he's doing I think, the LA Bowl. So two more Joe Tesses, and we also have him doing boxing. I didn't watch any of that last night, though. You say, you say he's doing the LA Bowl and the Orange Bowl, which is the game I'll be at, which is so frustrating. I'll have to go find him. Yeah. I might go to camp. Maybe out. you can get the heart from him, like right. you did with Joel. That's a good idea. I'm going to go camp out outside his hotel, and we'll do that. <laughs> Number two, John, who you got? We're nearing the end of this. The Kentucky fan on Twitter that called me mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this, this has so this can has you some, find it so when we tweet this out we can. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, I can. Um, so the, the, basically, here's here's the backstory of this. While I find this, um, this guy, um, so I posted a list over the summer, and that list was my college. Um, my, my college basketball coach rankings and like I was uh, this was like a day after after I was in I posted it it got it got a lot of traction and then I and then uh, the day after I was in a kind of just debate with a Kentucky fan because Duke had been killing them on the recruiting trail lately and 
this Kentucky personal Kentucky fan. He's well known within the Kentucky community, and he went on my account and he found the coaches list that, that I posted because it was my pinned tweet, and he commented on it, or he, and because I had his coach ranked particularly low, and all the Kentucky fans found it, and then the Auburn fans found it, and everybody found it, and it was a mess. So this one, Auburn this, one, this one guy, and I just found found his his account. Um, four hundred fourteen followers. What's it, his name? A big Oscar super fan, BBN, is his uh, profile. Oscar name. as an Oscar the Oscar, Grouch. Uh, yes, th- that guy. And his tweet to me um, read, that dude said Jamie Dixon and Porter Moser were both better than Bill Self and John Calipari. Bill Self, I was wrong about. Don't waste your time with a mentally ill man. <laughs> and then he said, like, I replied to another tweet and said, why haven't you blocked my golf do, event? Do you want me to find the other one? I have it no, right no, up. No, I get it at this point. So. Yeah, the other one, um, the other one was funny because this this Kentucky fan that originally found my tweet said Severe Wheeler was the best point guard in the country, which objectively is not true. I'm not sure he's and best point guard his own team. I replied and said, "Ouch!" And this guy found my tweet again and goes, "I called you mentally ill. Why haven't you blocked me yet?" So big Oscar fan, twenty two. Thank you. You've provided me with two. some great memories. My number two is someone else who's caused me some great memories, and hopefully more to come. It's Jalen Hurts. Ah, that that's an easy choice. Hurts so good. Um, he's been countering. You know, one of our friends who, never mind then, he's, he's had a good year. And people were doubting on him. I said before the year he would be have a Josh Allen-like breakout year, and he's done exactly that with less turnovers. So go Jalen Hurts. Now number one. Do you know, do you know who my number one is? Uh, I actually I don't. My number one is super obvious, but you can go with yours. He has to be an Auburn hater. That's oh, it's why. Zep. Zep Jasper is my number one sports person oh, yeah. of the year. Or NPC Zep, as I like to call him. He is he, – he called me an Auburn hater. That happened. Well, like, let's, let's like, uh, unpack this a little bit. Do you remember the first interaction we had See, with Zep? I was trying to think of it this morning, and I couldn't. So – was, 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 was it something with you or me? It was me. So That's what I thought. The Celtics played the net. Ironically, this came like. Let me just say it. My number one is Jason Tatum. It okay. could have taken. I, I, I it could have taken anybody out. to figure that out. He has been the best player in the NBA this year, outside of last night having his worst game of the year in a pretty bad spot. Losing to the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. it was as nightmarish as possible. Jason Tatum has been the best player in the NBA in in the year 2022, and I could debate that against a wall. Um, Fantastic in the playoffs, not great in the finals. Eastern Conference Finals MVP. He's the MVP favorite right now in every sports book in America. It's so. Uh, so what was this original? So the original because I remember the interaction. He had his buzzer beater against the Nets in Game One, and Bruce Brown tweeted before the game. Um, or Bruce Brown said to a reporter, Bruce Brown was a player on the Nets. He said, "Them not having Robert Williams is huge. We can attack Tyson Horford in the paint, and they couldn't do like." Sugar Honey I see in the paints against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And I quote tweeted and said, this feels like the Zeb Jasper quote about Miami not seeing a team like Auburn. Because you remember what Zeb yeah. Jasper said leading up to the game. He said that, you know, they haven't seen a team like us. And then we, t- we, t- we trolled him with that. Mm-hmm. It was fun. He replied to that tweet within oh a God, couple hours and said, in all caps, I swear Kansas won the title with a trophy emoji. And that was literally 30 weeks ago. Let it go. Well, 30 Dude. weeks ago was... Was an understatement considering it was like 30 days ago that they lost to. Yeah. Do you, do you remember what you texted me when, when that happened? He's like, you, you texted me, you're like, 30 weeks ago, Clay Helton was still coaching USC. Yes, that's what it was. And then what happened was um, you tweeted out your coaching list. Yeah, and you tagged him. And I tagged him. Because I didn't have Bruce Pearl in my top 50, um, which I stand by. I got to find the exact tweet, though, because it was funny. It was like no. something along the lines of like, you see, you see this at Zeb Jasper. Get him. I want to find the exact. Or, or maybe you didn't say get him, but like, are you, see, are you seeing this? And then you ta- tagged him, and it, it was. I'm hilarious. looking for it. I I could probably find it. I know what his tw- Twitter handle is because I search the guy. No, I, I don't. Pretty frequently. I don't. I don't have it on me, but it was like. Do you want me to find like, it? No, it's okay. We were running short on time. It was like you see this at Zeb Jasper. And he was like, he has to be an Auburn hater, that's why. Then you know what he did after that? He followed me. He Does took he still bait. follow you? Uh, I think so. That's hilarious. This, 
This will not take me very long to find. I bet. I bet. Yeah, I find he still it. follows me. Yep. Here we go. Um, <laughs> the Kansas tweet just popped up. You said you seeing the disrespect here at Rip underscore Quan Five. Go after Liddy twelve twelve twelve. Unbelievable. <laughs> and he responded. People and said like, he has to be an offering. That's why. And by the way, I tweeted day. that yesterday. Yesterday when they lost to Memphis, and oh. I will we'll be doing it every time Auburn loses this year. All right. That was a lot of fun. That was that yeah. Was that, was, well that was a good segment. Good. All right. Five minutes, ten minutes. We'll just quickly go through every game. We'll go winners, whatever. One o'clock slate. Jets, Bills. Bills. You think they'll yeah. be worse than the Bills are going to kill them. This is a re- revenge spot for them. I kind of like that also. Give me the Bills by ten exactly. Browns at Bengals. The spread is down to four. It was as high as six earlier in the week. The Sean's second game with Cleveland. A little of a letdown spot possibly for the Bengals. Who you got? Bengals coming off a big win, maybe a hangover spot this week. The Browns have kind of had the Bengals number over the last couple years. I'll take Cleveland. Give me Bengals by a field goal. 26-23, McPherson wins it at the horn. And some people in the first star logistics week gets pretty happy after that. Mm-hmm. Texans-Cowboys, Cowboys 17-point Cowboys favorite, largest of the season, I think, in any game. Oh, my game. God. Uh, any, I think we both picked Dallas can win, and Houston cover this. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take Dallas, uh, but I, I think I'll take Houston to cover. I'll say Dallas. I, I mean, spread above fourteen. Dallas by two touchdowns and two safeties. Eighteen point win for the Cowboys. That would be thirty to twelve win for Dallas. Vikings at Lions. The game are of the year in our household, <laughs> considering huge David Campbell well, Vikings fan and huge David Campbell hater Jake Circus. <laughs> oh well, whatever. Redacted. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> Uh, I'll take the Vikings. Voodoo magic continues today. I have bet on the Lions to win. I will pick them again. They will win today by four. 24-20. Late Jared Goff touchdown to Jamison Williams. First great touchdown goes for the win. Jaguars-Titans. The spread is down to three. Titans have usually played well against divisional opponents, which kind of... Yeah, but why is this spread three? There's no injuries with the Titans, right? Everyone's healthy? Well, they've been injured all year, but like specific injuries, like no. Like... Tannehill's fine, and Henry's fine, everyone's okay, that should be. Ah, uh, I'll take Tennessee. I will go Tennessee as that, well. That line's weird, though. Tennessee by 5, I don't know, 25-20, I don't know what direction. Uh, Eagles-Giants, Eagles haven't played great on the road this year, but they're 11-1 for a reason. Giants, seems like they peaked in October. What do you got on this one? I'll take the Eagles to win, Giants to cover. I will go... Eagles, I'll go same thing. I'll go Eagles by six. I'll go Eagles 27-21. Um, they continue to find a way and push forward for that one seed. Ravens-Steelers, two-point favorite for Pittsburgh at home. Tyler Huntley starting. He'll be the starter of the next couple weeks for them. The Steelers are going to find a way to get to 500, aren't they? I feel like they are. Michael Neal keeps saying that to me. Um, I'll go, I'll go against the 500 theory. I think the Ravens, like, oh, they showed they they had some good games when Huntley was in there last year. He played well. At yeah, they lost every game he started last yeah, year. Yeah, but he played well at times. Yeah, uh, they were all close games, so it's kind of misleading. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think the Ravens, their offense, like it's one thing to insert Huntley in the middle of a of a game. It's another to get a full week of preparation with him. I'll take the Ravens today. I'll go Steelers by a field goal, twenty three twenty. This one will be close as it always is. Four o'clock slate, Chiefs at Broncos, Broncos country. Let's ride. Uh, Broncos country is Nine point favorite in favor of Kansas City, obviously. They have not. The last Broncos quarterback to beat the Chiefs is Peyton Manning. Broncos country is going to get killed today. You think so? Yeah. Chiefs off a loss. Like it. (laughs) How many points will the Denver Broncos score today? Ten. How many points will the Kansas City Chiefs score today? Thirty-one. Wow. So they're really going to cover. The Broncos defense is going to absolutely expose for the first time all year. Yeah. I'll go make a little little closer than that. I'll go twenty-four to seven. Broncos lose. Less points on both sides. Buccaneers, Niners. Big game for the Niners. Bucks yeah. got a miraculous one Monday. Short week going cross country. My favorite pick today is the Niners to win and to cover. Niners win by two touchdowns, 24-10. I think we figured out if we haven't figured it out, I don't know what football you're watching, but I think we figured out at this point that the 49ers system is kind of a plug and play. With with quarterbacks, and I don't think Kyle Shanahan's gonna ask Brock Purdy to do very much. It's tough to scout him without very much film at all. He has literally one game, one game of film, not even to go off of. 
also like San Francisco pretty much at every position over over Tampa except for maybe quarterback. So I'll take the 49ers today. Yeah, I, my actual favorite pick of the week is Niners, as I just mentioned, obviously. Panthers, Seahawks. Seahawks a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Sarah, Carolina starting Sam Darnold again. They big win for Seattle if they can get it today. They yeah, can, and take I think a huge step to the playoffs. I, th- I think they will. I think, um, like the Panther, the Panthers got the win with Darnold, um, a couple weeks ago. They are off a bye, but their personnel is just so bad. Now, and the Seahawks personnel isn't very good either. But they're 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 on the rise though. I'll, I'll take a young team. Yeah, Seattle's the home team. I'll take them. I'll take Seattle also by Seattle by eight. This will be a high-scoring one, 34-26. Uh, Sunday night game, Dolphins-Chargers from L.A. Dolphins. In, in my memory in the NFL, a, a media personality has never caused me to root for a team more than in a negative connotation. Emmanuel Acho is making me root for This Chargers is all setting up for a Dolphin win. And me. I know people have been tweeting it this morning. The Chargers are beating them tonight. You're picking the Chargers. And, and Justin Herbert's going to outplay Tua. Yeah, I, was, I meant it's all setting up for a Charger win because of what Acho has been has been putting out I, there. I, I've, it's so frustrating. Like, Herbert is so clearly better than him. Uh, it reminds me of some select Cincinnati Bengals fans out there. Um, but I will. Yeah, that's, that's I'm true. actually going to agree with Acho though. I'm going to pick the Dolphins tonight. I don't think the Chargers are that good. Do you think the Dolphins can win without it reflecting that two is better than? Herbert? I think I I don't think that's what it's going to come down to. I think it comes down to. The Dolphins' speed just completely outmatching the Chargers, and McDaniel's going to coach outcoach the heck out of Brandon Staley. I like Miami to win this one by the spread's three. I think it's going to be a close game. I'll pick Dolphins by four, high scoring game, thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, it's just I Tyreek and company will will move the ball pretty well, and it's I know how slow those Chargers linebackers are, and I think the Dolphins will take advantage of that. Um, Monday night game tomorrow, Pats Char- Cardinals. Give me a winner. It's to be an ugly game. Uh, I'll take the Patriots. Okay. Breakout players, because I assume he didn't do it. Real, real quick, your predictions today would indicate that at the end of tonight, the Bengals are in first place it's in sole possession of the AFC. Yeah. Draft, right? All right. With um, yours, then huge step forward for Baltimore. Yeah, that's, that's what I think will happen today. Break, breakout player. Breakout player today. Let's do running backs. Running backs. Hmm. Um, if you say Derrick Henry, I'm walking into the. I'm studio. not saying Derrick Henry. <laughs> Calm down. Um, is is Kenneth Walker playing today? No, he's he's out. It's gonna be Travis Homer starting for them. Okay, then never mind. Um, I'll, I'll go Monday night. I'll go Ramondre Stevenson against the Cardinals. I'm gonna go. Actually, wait. Who am I starting in fantasy today? Because I so I have to. So I'm playing our friend our friend Wendell today in fantasy. Yeah, big game because and of the way it works. Basically, all I need to do is lose by less than 51 points. Now, here's the problem. I'm starting Kyron Williams, and James Cook is my running backs. It, I've already Kyron's already played. He had 3.9. So as long as and I'm still projected to win. So as long as it's not a complete disaster for me, I'm in the playoffs. I can't love starting Chris Davis in a league in like a must uh, win or Corey Davis. Uh, I'll, t- I'll I'll go James Cook. Is my breakout player. He's, I, he's my other running back I have to start. I will go with... Hmm. Derek Henry, no. Um, <laughs> this is tough. Boo. I think the Dolphins to win. Mostert. Mostert. Three touchdowns today. Three touchdowns from Raheem Mostert. Two on the ground, one through the air. That's our show. Uh, we will see you in the new year. Maybe we'll do a Zoom show or something if I'm not lazy enough or whatever. Mizzou's got a bowl game coming up. We got... 40 other bowl games we'll be grinding it on. Oh, next time we're back here, we'll be talking NFL playoffs. We'll do a couple hour show on Saturday, previewing all of it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Start your Sunday, KCOU 88.1 FM. Everyone, have a good one.